is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. When the Omicron variant began to surge through our area a few weeks ago, it was deja vu all over again for the arts. Theater performances postponed. Concerts canceled. And a lot of uncertainty about what comes next. Throughout the pandemic, there have been several efforts at the city, state, and federal levels to support artists and arts organizations. And they've seen varying degrees of success. Now the city of Chicago is stepped up yet again. This time, partnering with local organizations to gather information on what people in the arts are facing right now in order to chart a path forward. So joining us is the executive director of one of those groups. That's Claire Rice. Hi, Claire. Hey, Sasha. How are you? Thanks for having me. Good. Thanks for being here with us, Claire. Also with us, Koya Paz, artistic director of Free Street Theater. Welcome, Koya. Hi, Sasha. Thank you. Koya, what have artists faced during the pandemic? How is Omicron changing things? You know, I think that Omicron is that sort of classic plot twist. We all thought that we were able to start planning our seasons and getting back to in-person events. And now what we're seeing is that we're going to be in this period of uncertainty and doubt and unable to absolutely commit to a plan for a while, which is why these kinds of support that we're talking about today are so important. And Claire, how about you? Yeah, to Koya's point, I think, you know, the the um, challenges that artists and creatives have faced throughout the pandemic are largely the same. And frankly, many of the same challenges that they faced even prior to the pandemic in terms of um, the gig economy that, that many of folks work in and the instability of of the um, of their benefits, portable benefits, income, etc. But I think that the lingering effects of Omicron and cancellations have been um, an incredible challenge for our industry, and in some cases more so than than any other industries. Many other industries have been able to get back to a more regular sense of business. So, so Claire, as far as support goes for local artists during the pandemic, what have you seen that's worked so far, and what hasn't? Yeah, I mean, I think direct relief, um, cash relief, has been some of the most effective relief that we've seen um, throughout the pandemic. And that support has continued and, and you know, I think will continue um, into into the future with some of the new infusions of grants that the city is hoping to um to move forward. So I think that's the best way, but we're also working on some other policy change, um, other types of resources, workforce development programs, um, some of those portable benefits I just described. Mm-hmm. Um, again, supporting those gig workers so that they can maintain the flexible and innovative way they make their living. Um, we're looking for that in addition to the cash. Koya, what type of support has Free Street Theater gotten at, at different points of the pandemic? And, and what would you say has been the most helpful? Yeah, I mean, as Claire notes, any infusion of cash is really helpful because we sort of see two different challenges, right? There's the artist who's often a gig worker with precarious health insurance, which is really hard during a pandemic. And then there's art institutions, which Free Street is, which rely on revenue and donations to pay those artists. Um, we are really lucky that we received relief funding from the Arts Alliance, the, that the Arts Alliance was helping to lead, the Illinois Arts Council, um, PPP loans, CARES Act money, and all of that helped not just keep our payroll going, but helped us shift to some of the modalities that let us keep doing theater, like shifting to digital. We had to hire film crew and editors, the kind of staff and artists we don't usually work with. We also opened a free 24-hour pantry because we work in back of the yards. Our community was really hurting. And we thought, how can artists 
show up in our community in ways that are not traditional for a theater company. That was a really important pivot for us. And so being able to have some flexibility in how we did that was really important in making sure we were still viable and necessary. And Koya, does supporting artists always mean giving them money? Like, is there another way that people who may not have a lot on hand still do to support their local creatives? I mean, of course money helps, but so does advocacy. I think that one of the challenges that a lot of artists have faced during this pandemic is this idea that art is somehow a luxury or a privilege or an extra, when the reality is that the arts were what many of us turned to, especially in the early days of the pandemic, to just, you know, entertain ourselves, to numb some of what we were feeling, you know, listening to music, watching TV, showing up to those digital shows. That was all really important. I also think that one of the things we're missing sometimes when we think about artists is that artists are members of their communities, and we're members of communities that have really useful skills. When you think about some of the other crises that the pandemic has surfaced, like how do we support people's mental health? How do we support young people through periods of remote learning? I think that there's a lot that artists could be doing if they were embedded in other ways, the kind of workforce development that Claire is talking about, to really think about how artists can be treated as important parts of communities that help keep the communities going beyond the art piece. And uh, Claire, a $300 million bipartisan bill was proposed in Congress recently. Those federal dollars would try to stimulate the creative economy through public arts projects throughout the United States. What do you think of it? Yeah, I'm really excited about the potential within Sarah's the Creative Economy Revitalization Act. Um, its most likely path to success right now is actually through the federal workforce reauthorization process. And I have to say that it's, it's really long overdue that we're integrating artists and, and the creative economy more broadly into legislation that has to do with our nation's workforce. As Koya was just saying, it, it's about that integration into other sectors and into the roles that artists play beyond just, um, you know, on stages and in galleries, as opposed to just sort of limiting our federal conversation to the National Endowment for the Arts, which is also very important. But as you know, Sasha, the dollars proposed in the SARA Act are nearly twice the annual budget of the NEA. So it's really kind of getting us into a different conversation and one that is that is long overdue. Well, as we mentioned, uh, your organization, uh, the Arts Alliance of Illinois, uh, is partnering with the city on, on a funding and futures series. So tell us how the partnership started. Yeah, I mean, we've worked for the city with the city for years, most recently on the administration of the um, $8.5 million Arts for Illinois Relief Fund. And we've been thinking in ongoing ways with the Department of Cultural Affairs about how to best support the Chicago creative community through funding policy change. Um, And we wanted to co-create a a series that um, allowed for the creative community to really dialogue uh, with the city about what is needed. Koya, last year, uh, Chicago spent over $60 million in initial investments to support local arts organizations. How much do you think that helped? I mean, I don't think it hurt. I think it was really, really important. At the same time, I don't necessarily think that it scales to the impact that the arts have on our local economies. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, I know it's sort of typical of anyone who's looking for support from the government or from philanthropists to say, like, this is a great start. How can we continue to build on it, right, so that we're really thinking in holistic ways about how artists impact our communities? Well, I want to ask you both uh, this question before I let you go. How else 
would you have liked the city to support its creatives? You first, Koya. Yeah, I mean, I I think that, again, I would love to see us being better and more quick to mobilize people who maybe are in precarious gig work, but who have these really important skills that could serve our city. And I don't think we quite have the mechanisms yet to support a pivot to say, how can we show up hyper locally, for example, to support other things that are happening in the neighborhood. And then I also just think like one of the things that we're constantly trying to figure out at Free Street is healthcare. Like, how do we support the health and well-being of people who are working gig to gig, sometimes less than minimum wage jobs? Yeah. And Claire, you know, two years in to this pandemic, what additional ways would you like to receive uh, support on both a local and national level? Yeah, I mean, I think keep going with the the cash, right? Keep going with the, the direct investment. That's really, really important. But to Koya's point, I think continuing to consider our creative workforce as a highly skilled workforce. Um, you know, they're not special snowflakes that are off in studios, you know, creating by themselves. So working, <laughs> um, you know, critically important uh, part of, of our community and, and part of our economy, frankly. And so I think um, considering this workforce at the table when you're thinking about workforce development, when you're thinking about healthcare, when you're thinking about portable benefits, when you're thinking about that gig economy, yeah. um, this workforce is a huge part of that. And and policy solutions um, and ongoing funding support are what we need to to keep supporting it. Claire Rice is the executive director of Arts Alliance Illinois, and Koya Paz is the artistic director of Free Street Theater. Thank you both. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast WBEZ's Reset wherever you listen.